Hello, everyone, and welcome to Esoterica. I am Leah Eichler, your host. And today is a special International Women's Day um, episode. And for this episode, I'm delighted to have with us Susan Caddo. Susan Caddo is an award-winning writer and editor who has contributed to so many notable publications, including The New York Times, The Economist, Time Magazine, Susan works uh, currently in the travel industry. She also has a doctorate in British literature from Oxford, a BA from Columbia University. And I'm just going to add this little private note because she's one of my oldest, dearest friends. She's also the smartest person I know. And I, I tell her that all the time. So it's not just an International Women's Day thing. It's just Susan is one of my smartest friends. I'm sorry, my other friends, if you're listening. Um, welcome, Sue. Thank you very much. That's, that's a really amazing introduction and kind of hard to live up to and, uh, you and are right back at you. <laughs> You're going to live up to it. Okay, so, um, you know, let's talk International Women's Day. Um, I, I feel like I had a, a real International Women's Day moment this morning because um, for a whole variety of reasons, um, you know, dogs, kids, career, COVID, pandemic, all that, I didn't sleep very well. And then I looked at my phone I guess I must have been looking at my phone throughout the evening or overnight. And this morning when I looked at it at 530, when I finally got up, it said 1%. And all I could think of in my exhausted stupor was how is this phone even turning on at 1%? Um, and then I realized, oh, of course, I turn on at 1% on a regular basis because we're depleted. <laughs> um, so it's yay, International Women's Day. But what does this really mean for us? Well, I felt it coming in the week before because my email started to fill up with um, messages from companies saying, get ready to celebrate International <laughs> Women's Day by getting something special for yourself or the woman in your life. So sometimes it, in the more sort of egregious example, it was things like like a pink fake champagne bottle filled with popcorn kernels, um, and, which the woman would still have to make. So what kind of a vacation is that? <laughs> um, others were spa, um, you know, spa deals for International Women's Day. And some of them I didn't find irritating. Like I subscribe to a lot of theater, you know, newsletters and they would be like, celebrate, you know, sure. these these shows that have such amazing women in them right now. And it would be just about, you know, why don't you go to see Six or Company on Broadway? Um, so I think there's, there's so many um, commercial messages out there about International Women's Day. And then it's it's really interesting to kind of scroll through Twitter and see what is out there because it's everything from look at these women in Ukraine holding sure. weapons or trying to protect their family, right? To some some pretty funny stuff, um, which I always appreciate. And uh, you know, the funniest one I saw was you know for International Women's Day, how about you think for five minutes about how to solve a problem or five seconds instead of asking a woman to do it for you. Um, That's hilarious. That I need to find that and maybe send that to a whole bunch of other people. Um, I'm not naming names. So, uh, yeah, the commercialization has been, uh, you know, obviously this is a you know a regular thing. I mean, we, we forget, well, mm -hmm. we're based in Toronto, in North America. We forget that obviously this uh, holiday is based in the labor movement. And in many countries, mm -hmm. they have the day off today. We do not. Uh, what we do get is a very commercialized, almost uh, hallmark interpretation of what, mm. like, a, like a Valentine's Day part two, yeah. really, for women. So, you know, it's, it kind of does feel a little bit, well, like, 
well, what's the point of all this again? So I think maybe, you know, maybe this is, you know, there's a, seems to be like this attempt, not, what I've seen on social media today is this attempt to kind of reclaim Women's Day. I see a lot of anger out there. I see a lot of colleagues and a lot of contemporaries who are pretty angry, uh, you know, are using today to be angry and exercise their right as a woman to be angry, which of course is not an emotion that we're allowed to demonstrate very often. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, you know, women have suffered greatly during this pandemic. Uh, there's obviously lots of international turmoil. So, you know, what, you know, what, what's the solution for us going forward for International Women's Day? Like, do we just buy the popcorn? <laughs> do we take the popcorn? I mean, I like popcorn, but, or do we, you know, do we reclaim it in a different way? I, I think we can use it as an occasion to appreciate the women in our lives. Um, and I think, you know, I saw like Greta Thunberg's tweet was like, it is not a day to celebrate. It is a day to, you know, protest. And she had an angry picture of herself on her tweet. And, and um, you know, so that is that is part of it to be aware. But then you see things like the Google Doodle today mm -hmm. is quite charming. And it celebrates women in all different kind of facets of life and society. Um, so I feel like, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of pressure to remember that there is so much faced by women around the world. Right. Um, and it, it does seem a little frivolous in light of that to go out and, you know, get yourself, um, you know, a bottle of bubble bath or some champagne or something like that. Right. Um, but th it's never a bad day to appreciate the women in your life. Um, and the women that are doing so much to make the world a better place. Um, as trite as that sounds, it's kind of true. No, it's really true. So, I mean, let's, let's think about things. Okay. Um, as women, um, let's say, okay, let's bring this into another holiday context. So it's not Valentine's day for women. Let's say it's new year's Eve for women. So what are our, um, resolutions for ourselves and for the women in our lives going forward? Like, what would you like to change in the next year vis-a-vis -vis yourself and other women? Um, I'd like to continue reading women authors, okay. um, new and old. I've got my, my Jane Eyre mug here. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Great book uh, for International Women's Day. Um, and, uh, and keep attending to female voices. Right mm -hmm. now, I think a lot of the best female voices I'm seeing are on Twitter, just funny, um, smart, biting uh, commentary from women. And if you sort of follow one, then you get, you know, like linked onto another, or you could start with someone like Roxane Gay, and you're just going to get a whole bunch of great suggestions right. that are going to take you in a fantastic direction that way. Yeah. No, I'm so, a big fan of Roxane Gay. Yeah. Yes. So reading and staying informed um, and aware is a big, uh, you know, resolution of mine, not to just retreat into my own little world, but to, to keep broadening that circle of women. Right. And I mean, one thing I know you and I have discussed um, offline before is, is the apologizing. I don't know if this is a Canadian thing or a female thing, but like explain the apology. Why are we always apologetic for something? I mean, I, I don't even know half the time. I, I mean, I am the kind of person that someone else will walk into me and I will apologize profusely for minutes on end. But, you know, what is this apologizing nonsense and why are we still doing this? I don't know. I, I am such a victim of that myself or a perpetrator 
because I will say sorry for almost anything and I'll feel terrible for <laughs> I almost do feel terrible. anything. And especially worrying, you know, I, I brought up an issue in an email at work um, and I did it in a really straightforward way. I sent the email and this was just this morning. And then I start to worry right afterwards. Did I sound like I was being critical or did I sound like I was complaining or whiny? Um, you know, I had sent it to a man and I knew the man was busy and I'm like, am I burdening him? Like, should I just have tried to not do that? Um, but I don't think for a second a man would do that. And as when I manage people, I, I have a lot of women on my team and I'm constantly telling them, would it, would you say that if you were a guy, do you think that you would feel that way if you were a man? And when they, when they have a bout of, you know, insecurity or imposter syndrome, um, and the answer is always, they think about it for a second and then they laugh and they say, no way. So you know, I just think we're socialized to be, um, uh, to blend in, to get, uh, to get under the radar. Right. And, and look what happens to women that, you know, don't apologize, who live their lives unapologetically. They attract a lot of flack. Yeah, it's so, yeah. true. It's so true. Um, so, you know, yeah, I definitely need to rein in on the apologizing and the other one that is a big one for, for you and for I and for a lot of women we know is, is, I believe, the boundaries, setting firm boundaries, allowing ourselves to do the things that we want to do. And I hope that, that doesn't come back to both of from earlier, but um, but really giving ourselves permission to say no, right? Yes. Um, and I can remember one of my, the earliest books I remember seeing in my mom's room was a book called When I Say No, I Feel Guilty. Um, and I'm oh. sure it's still, it's probably in print. We all still need it. Um, and I have about three books on how to say no without feeling bad and how to set boundaries because um, I really struggle with it. And just a few weeks ago, I looked up, I was looking up boundaries because I wanted to learn to enforce mine. Um, and I saw this program it was called Boundaries for Nice People. And it was for, it was basically without saying women, it kind of said, there's a lot of us that think we're really nice and it can feel very unkind to set a harsh boundary and other groups will tell you, just set it and keep it. Um, but we're here to, for the nice people out there to do it. And it went on and on. And I was kind of soul thinking, I should do this program. I should do this program. And I scroll down, read, read, read. It was $4,000. And I, I did not feel yeah. that. Uh, $4,000. That's a boundary over there. I mean, that's a lot of money to spend to learn how to not be so nice. I guess yes. you can yes. be nice to yourself by saying, you know, I'm not spending $4,000 to teach myself how to say no. And, and I think, you know, when it comes down to saying set a boundary, we're also ignoring the fact that uh, other people will walk over your boundaries all the time. And it's it it feels like a personal problem, like I'm not setting enough boundaries. But then right. what about a society that teaches men that it's OK to walk all over a woman's boundaries, that if a woman says, I don't like being spoken to that way, you can just ignore it and keep speaking to her that way. And society right. would be like, what's her problem? Right. So you I'm, just touched on. That's right. Because I know you, you touched on my my biggest pet peeve uh, like literally it is the worst thing I, I it is my hugest pet peeve and that's when men uh, interrupt me mid-sentence and yes. or talk over me uh there's probably nothing that enrages me more than being cut off and spoken over in that way and i think maybe we need uh techniques so actually we've learned the techniques i mean you and i have both worked in multiple different media companies and different environments, we have a technique. So why can't we just mm -hmm. say, Hey, I'm talking. Is that, why is that so hard? I've never done it. 
So I don't know. You tell me. Have you done yeah, it? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's, okay. That should be on our list of things to do this year. Yes. Okay. We're going to add that to our list. Um, so I guess, uh, and, you know, one other thing that I want in addition to boundaries to do is, is stop um, living my life like I have something to prove because, um, you know, like I'm, I, I'm at an age where I think I've proven enough things in my life, but I mm -hmm. still feel like, oh, I need to show you how good I am. <laughs> Why do we do that? Uh, again, because if you don't, people will just assume uh, worse of you, but you have to do that right. while also not being a threat or uh, seeming too self-promoting. I realized the other day that because I had these giant rips in my parka because I've had it for like five years. And I realized I was very comfortable walking around with these rips in my parka because I thought it showed that I wasn't, uh, I didn't think so highly of myself that I needed a rip-free parka. Like, and I realized that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, that is so stupid. So yesterday I bought a gorgeous new parka and I'm so happy it has no rips. I can't wait to wear it. <laughs> but there is something where I think a lot of women feel like they have to, especially if you are successful in your job, um, have to be non-threatening in some way. You have to make sure people don't think you have it all. I mean, that's not just a woman thing. I know a lot of guys who are afraid of like kind of the, the evil eye of acting like you've, you've got it all uh, that you're going to attract, you know, some, some jealousy or, or actually it's usually the evil, literally the evil eye as opposed to jealousy. Right, that right, right, but, yeah. um, you know, but I, I do think it's a, it's a female thing to both feel you need to prove yourself again and again and to worry about pushing too hard on that so that you look like you think you're so great. Right. Okay. Maybe we should just try and think we're so great. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's okay. Lots of men do that all the time and who aren't so great to be oh. totally frank. Right. I mean, I yeah. can think of many, many politicians that come to mind, which we will, we will uh, not name names because we're not going to get into that kind of segment today. No. Um, so uh, you mentioned earlier that you want to read more female authors. Mm -hmm. um, again, I'm a huge fan as well. Uh, and I know you've, you've uh, read Sarah Polly's book, which has been getting lots of press. Yes. So tell us about uh, Run Towards the Danger. I'm really enjoying this book. Um, so it's, it's a collection of essays about Sarah Polly's life, but the theme that kind of ties them together is how, um, how the present affects our memories of the past and how dealing with some of those issues can actually change the way you feel about the past. There's a lot about um, trauma she experienced as a child, whether it was like the early death of her mother, but a lot of it coming from being a, a child actor, mm -hmm. either in the Baron Munchausen movie or on Road to Avonlea, um, and how how hard it was to, you know, deal with those issues her whole life. But when it, actually addressing them or having them acknowledged, brought into right. the light and acknowledged by other people, um, really helped her heal and think more positively about um, those years of her life that before she kind of tried not to think about it all. Um, yeah. And then some of it is not, is, is more um, that other women might really relate to are things like the Gian Gomeshi case. She has an entire mm -hmm. essay about her own interactions with Gian Gomeshi and how she like downplayed, forgot um, during interviews with him, went to great lengths. You know, she describes herself quite harshly as being, you know, obsequious to him and flirtatious and, you know, you can see she has a lot of contempt for herself for trying right. to, as she puts it, make sure he didn't feel bad right. um, about what he had done to her. And it's well, I mean, can't I mean? But I think we can all relate to that. I mean, I, I don't think I I know a single woman who hasn't been, um, you know, 
either sexually assaulted outright or harassed or intimidated in some way. And I mean, it does feel like our gut reaction is usually to pretend it didn't happen or mm -hmm. to make everything mm -hmm. seem okay. I mean, it's like, there is a defense mechanism that kicks in that makes you want to kind of smooth everything over for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, again, let's add that to the list of things we want to change in ourselves and yeah. others. Um, you know, we don't need to make other people comfortable all the time. It's, you know, it's not our job. No, we um, really don't. I would love to live with us a fantastic resolution to say the next time you feel the impulse to make someone else feel comfortable at your own expense, just try to sit with the feeling and don't, right. don't let's them be uncomfortable for change. Let them, let them stew in that for a little bit. Um, and that, that actually leads us to, you know, uh, you know, another issue that, you know, you and I have discussed, which is, um, which is this, this idea of shame, you know, like this, the shame that comes with, um, I, don't know, well, I mean, I think you, you can say a lot more eloquently, like, what does the word shame mean to you? And why is this an issue for women? I have this really visceral reaction to the word shame. And one of the things that I, when I started to notice this, when I was looking at like letters to the editor and in, in some media jobs, and someone would write a letter about some kind of coverage, and they would write shame on you. And it didn't matter if I thought that person was wildly overreacting or right. you know, completely off point. I would feel so like, oh, right. shame on me, you know. Um, and I can't think of like, it's not like I had an upbringing where I was shamed and stuff like that. But I just, I think it's, it's really, um, it's out there right now that you can be shamed for anything you say that, you, you know, that's, that's. That's very clear from, you know, the, the prevalence of social media and stuff. Right. You can be shamed for your appearance if it's not pretty enough or, or you know, conforming to something. Um, you can be shamed for what you're wearing. Uh, and it just feels like it's all around us. And it is it is something that keeps people living in fear and being the smallest version of themselves. Right. So it's another thing I would love to try to work on this year is like pushing back on that and saying, well, who's mm -hmm. who's you know, who says I should feel ashamed now? Certainly right. not over something, you know, so foolish as voicing an opinion. Right. Know? No, it's very true. I guess that kind of leads into a lot of the, uh, you know, I guess that touches on some of the cancel culture topics that keep mm -hmm. coming back up, you know, where people are, are just afraid to, they don't actually know sometimes, you know, how to navigate who they should be. I mean, you yeah. know, during the pandemic, there was this whole kind of push towards, uh, you know, should you keep your hair gray or should you dye it? And um, and then it was, you know, and there's a whole, of course, let's, let's go back to Sex and the City. Sex and the City, you know, Miranda did embrace her silver locks and then went back to dyeing her hair for beautiful red. And so are you embarrassed for being silver? Or are you being embarrassed for actually coloring your hair? Like, what are you actually supposed to? It, it's really hard to figure out what you're supposed, that's, I guess that's the whole point we should not be supposed to do anything. We should want to just be comfortable with our own decisions. Correct. Yeah. I think you're totally right there. And, and the fact that like people feel like they, that it is a big, that it, you know, she rightly felt that it was a big deal, what she was saying with her hair. I mean, that's kind of a sad statement. <laughs> it really is a sad statement. Like who, who cares about your hair? I mean, <laughs> just do what makes you comfortable. I mean, it's really yeah. insane actually. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, okay, so we've touched on International Women's Day resolutions. Um, now, what are some, let's like, let's, let's kind of lead into a, maybe a happier note. So what are some things women can do maybe to bring some more joy in their life, uh, to kind of spark, um, self appreciation? I mean, what are things that you would like to see going forward? Well, the number one thing I'd say is making some time for yourself and whether that's just like leaving your house, we've been trapped in our homes for so long, whether it's leaving your house when it feels like it's too much um, and whether it's leaving the dishes undone, you know, for the whole day or or however long um, to give yourself some outdoor time, some nature time, because I do think nature is hugely restorative. And if it's at all an option, I think travel is the number one way for a woman to recharge herself, especially if she can, get away on her own. I mean, traveling with women friends is also a fantastic option, but I'm a big fan of solo travel as a way to stop, just put an end to trying to please anybody else. Right. But when I took a solo trip myself, my first one, and it was quite long, it was like, you know, almost two weeks. It, It took about five days before I really woke up and was like, wow, I have no one to please. I have no one that I have to consider when I'm making my plans for today. And it was, it was like, I was remembering a a long lost part of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never forgot that feeling. And I'll look back on pictures of that trip and just be like, yeah, I got to get back to that space. Right. Well, actually that's very true. I mean, the one time I did go on a solo trip, which was, I guess, more of a, a girl's trip, women's trip, um, but you know, you're right. It was really shocking to wake up in the morning and realize I don't need to worry about who's eating breakfast when and where I need to entertain people for the day. It was, it was very, um, yeah, it was life altering in that you, you do exactly as you mentioned. It, it's, you remember that part of you that had independent interests outside of any family or career or partnership or parenting. It was really just who you are. And I guess that's a hard thing for a lot of women. Um, now, I mean, you, you're a travel expert. So where would you recommend women who, I mean, I, I see this on social media a lot, women who want to embark on a, a trip alone, where would you suggest they, they go? Well, I went to Vietnam and Cambodia, which I love, but I did it with a, uh, a tour group that specialized in like single rooms or solo travel. There were groups, there were like, you know, <laughs> friend groups on that trip, but you each got your own room, which I thought was a pretty cool arrangement. So um, something without a lot of tours is a great option because you still get so much time on your own, but you have the safety and the infrastructure um, all set up for you. Um, But I honestly just feel like going to a hotel by yourself in your city, doing um, whatever deal you can find to just get away for one night. It can be just an exceptional escape for yourself. One thing I'm doing um, is I've, I've, my, my, my husband and my son are going off on a little trip. Um, and on one of the days they're not going to be home. I'm taking the day off work because I'm just like, wow, I could have a whole day in my house with, without these people to worry about. And I really should just, you know, I had the vacation days. I'm going to take the day off and just have that feeling you mentioned where you wake up and say, Hmm, what do I want to do? And I don't have to do things for other people today. Right. That's actually, so that's kind of like a economical way to just have a day off, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and just focus on yourself. 
Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Grab whatever you can. I know. So true. Okay. So let's recap. It's international women's day. It's turned into this super commercialized, almost Valentine's day version of itself. And so we're saying, come up with your own resolutions for the year. Some mm -hmm. of our, our points that we discussed were create boundaries, proper boundaries, stop apologizing for things that you shouldn't be apologizing for. Um, we can, we also said, um, stop acting that as if you need to prove anything at work or at home or in your professional life, because you have nothing to prove. Stop feeling the word shame. So viscerally for a lot of us, mm -hmm. and then we'll take a tip from Sarah Polly's, uh, title book and, and start running towards danger and embrace danger a little bit. And, and that's okay. I mean, we're told not, I think we're, we're taught to be so cautious, but really, I mean, where has caution ever got anybody, right? Exactly. How are you going to grow if you don't get a little uncomfortable? I you just, you're not. I you're going to atrophy. <laughs> you're going to atrophy in our houses for, for another women induced pandemic uh, or women, you know, victimized pandemic. Okay, perfect. Well, this has been great chatting with you, Sue. You're one of my favorite people. You're one um, of mine. Thank you so much for this. And we will do more of this again. Um, Esoterica's show will be taking a couple weeks hiatus and then we'll be back in at the end of the month with some um, new coverage and uh, new stories for everybody. So thank you very much, everyone. And I'll see you at the end of the month. Bye. Bye.